Welcome to Preschool and Beyond, a podcast where we tackle some of the most common and the most challenging issues facing preschool-age children and their families. Recording from Discovery Child Development Center is your host, Mike DeLott. Hi, and welcome to episode 34 of Preschool and Beyond, Surviving the Toddler Years with Heather Spore. Life with toddlers is full of excitement. They love to explore their worlds, they are full of questions, and seem to have an endless supply of energy. Parenting a toddler, while exciting, offers many new challenges for parents. The cute babies that parents once knew have now learned the word no, are having a meltdown because their food is in a blue cup instead of a red one, or have decided that your newly painted walls are a great place for their new art masterpiece. How can you prepare for the toddler years? Our guest today is Heather Spore. Heather and her husband Mike have written a humorous take on making it through the toddler years, called The Toddler Survival Guide, Complete Protection from the Whiny Unfed. The book combines comedy with practical advice for parents of toddlers. Thank you for joining us today, Heather. Thank you for having me. Okay, so toddlers. So what made you decide that you wanted to devote your time and write (laughs) a book about toddlers? Well, you know, my husband and I, we never thought we were going to be the type to write a parenting advice book. Um, kind of we, But we see ourselves as sort of the parents next door. You know, there's a lot of advice books out there that don't necessarily make you feel good about yourself. Uh-huh. And that was kind of our goal here was we wanted to give practical advice, but we also wanted to make our parents, you know, fellow parents laugh because yes. as anyone who's been around a toddler yeah. knows, if you're not laughing, you're crying. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we really wanted to write something that was helpful without being preachy. And having made it through the toddler years with our two kids, we felt like, well, you know, we just we just made it through here. So why don't we go with <laughs> why don't we go with what we know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a different approach to books than many of our listeners are used to. As you said, sometimes you can feel them kind of judging what you're doing yeah. and making you feel like a terrible <laughs> parent. And then if you read more than one, two, one's contradicting the other. Yeah, um, exactly. And they can be quite dry, whereas yours will make you laugh. Um, it has sort of, uh, it was inspired by kind of surviving a zombie, right? <laughs> Apocalypse. Or... Exactly. Yeah, my husband My husband was reading the zombie survival guide by Max Brooks. Uh-huh. And that one's very straightforward, literally how to survive a zombie attack. <laughs> and my husband and I always joked about our son that he was like our little zombie because he would stagger around and he would moan and drool and do all those stereotypical yeah. uh, zombie type things. So that's kind of why we we start, we took that angle. So for from having your own children as well as um, putting together this book, for people who are just entering the toddler phase or about to, what should be what should they be prepared for for some of the biggest challenges? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is when your toddler realizes that they have free will. So <laughs> when they suddenly realize that they don't have to do what you tell them to, that they can <laughs> say no and they can do whatever they want. That that was a, a hard one for, for us with, with both of our kids because <laughs> our, our daughter and our son are very different. But that was a very – that was a strong theme for both of them. <laughs> Um, and then I think one of the other biggest things uh, is technology. That's just something that not many people, I think we're one of the first generations of parents who've really had to contend with 
technology in this way. It's just so pervasive and, and our kids see it and they take to it instantly. So it's hard to sort of strike that balance between letting them use it, you know, use an iPad or, or anything like that, because there are a lot of great educational benefits to them. There are also the keep them quiet for five minutes benefits, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there are obviously a lot of drawbacks too. So I, I think that that's a, that's something that, you know, I, my mom can't give me advice on that. I mean, they, we barely had television when, when I was a kid. Yeah. We, I think like the big thing that my parents were trying to grapple with was how much Nintendo to let us play with. Yeah, so, yeah. and it was the original Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's, there's very different. It's a very different struggle. Yes. Uh, that reminded me of one of my most difficult moments with a toddler. We were flying home. We were visiting my brother in Arizona and we're in North Carolina. So it's a pretty good flight. Good flight. And we do have, um, you know, pretty strict rules with technology and how much access we give our kids to screens, mm-hmm. especially um, at that age. But, you know, we're kind of of the philosophy we can be a little more liberal with those when we're traveling to oh, keep all everyone's go out the window when you're traveling. When yeah. you're traveling, it's all about survival. Yes. Uh, that's what I <laughs> For said everyone. Too. Like, I have a good friend of ours, even at that age, she was doing like all these different crafts throughout this like nine hour road trip and had the whole agenda. And I'm just like, you know, it's going to be struggle enough when we get on this trip. We have the hotel, everything else to do right? with relatives, <laughs> working everything out. So, you know, we're going to, you know, if they want to watch five shows that day in the car, we're going to do that. But, um, exactly. exactly. But That's we have our, our screen limit time. And then, but when it comes to traveling, it's like, here's the, here's yeah. every, every electrical device. I, yes, have. I think that is survival mode. The problem we had one of our worst meltdowns though, because if you're flying, is it within 30 minutes of landing or 15 minutes oh, when you yes. start your descent, the technology has to go off and explaining that to a two year old Yes, and you, uh, I lived through one of those meltdowns as well. Yeah, and there's nowhere to go. I still because, remember you know, how sweaty it got because I was just so nervous. Right, <laughs> it's, it's the worst feeling because, like, normally if it's a store, you know, okay, you don't really want to leave the store, but if you have to, if you have to remove yourself from the restaurant, you can do that. But when you're on a flight, <laughs> you're and on the seatbelt buckle is, you know, you're not allowed to get up at that point, exactly. and they're melting exactly. down. Everyone's looking at you. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I can definitely feel people's pain as I've just exited that stage of life <laughs> yeah. as my kids are now yep, uh, four and above. Um, anything really surprise you about having a toddler that you didn't expect? You know, I think that we we all, um, they still look like babies in a lot of ways. So I think that for me, I was always underestimating my kids. I think that that I, that most people don't give toddlers a lot of credit for how smart they are and how quickly they do pick up on things. You know, they may not be, you know, the best at conversations, but they understand so much more than we give them credit for. Absolutely. And over that course of the year too, uh, if you're, when I say toddler here, we have a toddler room two to three. It's just amazing. Like how much growth we see over the course of that year. Oh yeah. In terms of just language and making connections and, um, yeah, it's really incredible what they can pick up. 
Yeah, it, it still, you know, surprises me. And I don't know why I'm still surprised by the things my kids say. I mean, now my, my son is four and a half. My daughter turned eight yesterday. And I'm still like, how did you know that? Yep. <laughs> my daughter will say, well, we go to school, mom. I know. They're, they're all going to pass us at a very young age, I think. What we, yes, with all the agreed. access to different information they have. So true. Uh, so one thing you want to do, um, I like your a part of your book you talk, I think it was towards the beginning about setting up your home and toddler proofing it. And you've talked about having some friends who had, you know, these really nice rugs or couches and were like, yes. you know, I'm this, <laughs> I'm not going to change my life because I have a toddler. I'm just going to yep. keep this stuff. And um, that doesn't usually end too well. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> we found that one out the hard way with our, with our daughter. We got a new couch right before she was born and people were like, Oh, don't, you shouldn't do that now. We were like, whatever, we'll yeah. be fine. And now we we joke that our couch looks like it belongs in a fraternity house. <laughs> yep. So yeah, we crappy. have a similar one. You so. know, I, a lot of baby proofing has to do with how with your with your child. And by the time you get to that baby proofing point, you're going to know your kid pretty well. So what we did, um, my daughter, for example she was not the curious type. She, she didn't feel the need to open every cupboard door she came across and she didn't think that she had to climb everything. And so our baby proofing with her was very generic, you know, just securing the securing TVs and and bookcases and just those sorts of common sense things. Uh, with our son, (laughs) he was, as soon as he could, crawl he was getting into things so we lo- we realized very quickly that we had to really like look up every single type of child proofing device that was on the market and we had to buy it <laughs> so we were locking cupboards and we were getting putting you know locks on the refrigerator and we had to at one point put all of our we have uh, bar stools and around our our kitchen island we had to put all those up on top of the island because he would climb on those and then he would climb on the kitchen counter and then he would climb on the refrigerator so you know you have to <laughs> really sort of identify what your what your kid what kind of kid you have uh, before you go totally hog wild with the with the prepping of your home but you should definitely not make any big <laughs> purchases um, when it comes to things that could possibly get ruined by a toddler. So, you know, don't, don't have nice things really right. is what it comes down to. Yeah. We learned that the hard way we bought this coffee table is pretty large and had like three glass sections in it, which was a terror. I don't know what we were thinking oh. then <laughs> uh, within like six months of him, um, becoming i think actually i think right when he turned two he took a toy like smashed it down fortunately no one was hurt but the glass was gone that section and we picked it up we moved it into storage and it was in our house for like five years and we eventually sold it to someone but that was <laughs> we haven't had a coffee table since and my kids now are 10 8 and 4 yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, the other um, thing that I will say, recommendation, if you are getting your house painted or thinking about it, it is worth it to spend a little more for that one type of paint that can be wiped. Oh, um, yeah, We did that the last time, and it just made life a lot more pleasant when you're not worried about scrubbing, trying to scrub things off that don't come out. Yeah, because we have a we have a few masterpieces by our son, yeah. <laughs> and I wish that when we bought this house, we had <laughs> we had put that kind of paint in. Yeah. Um, so 
let's talk about some of there are some situations that I think are common and you talk about them in your book that we all mm-hmm. face with toddlers and I know the first time out in public can be overwhelming. I'm <laughs> um, thinking about going to whether going to Target or going to the grocery store. Shopping is becomes ten times harder than it was when they were oh, yeah. infants and babies. So yes, other than you know just relying on Amazon and grocery delivery, um, <laughs> how can you prepare for that big trip out to the store? Well, it seems a lot of a lot of it to, might seem obvious, but. For, for me, I, I used to love just going to the grocery store and wandering the aisles yeah. and kind of just figuring out what I needed and figuring out what I was going to buy as I wandered, whatever sounded good, that sort of thing. Now it's like I have my plan of attack. I organize my grocery list by <laughs> by location and I, <laughs> I try to make sure that I am, I am not wandering. I'm not looking for anything. I know exactly what I need before I go in and that's what I get. Because I think the, the key with toddlers is that they have – uh, we call it their ex their expiration date or their expiration time. So they really only have like, depending on what you're doing, you know, 30 minutes max before they start yeah. agitating for something new or something different or whining. So um, I try to make sure that all of my outings are, or, or e- at least each excursion is when it's not something that, that like my toddlers were going to love, like going to the grocery store or going with me to the mall or anything like that. I'd try to keep things very short. And when that, when I couldn't, then it was, you know, I went, I reached into my bag of tricks. So I made sure I had, um, made sure I had snacks in my purse and little toys and just all those things, anything you can think of to, to keep your kids occupied so you can get what you need done. Uh, especially when it comes to traveling, like we were saying earlier, because they, they can, they can, you know, not, uh, they can get so uh, antsy and it's one thing when you're on a plane and they're, uh, you have all the people around you and you can get up and kind of walk around. But if you're in a car, there's no escape. So you really need to plan ahead, plan ahead, planning ahead is my number one piece of advice for just about everything. Uh, and that's, that was hard for me because I, I was never a planner. I was very like, just fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. Yeah. Yeah, and there are so many, like, going back to the grocery store for a minute, like, just, I don't know if I'll call them danger zones. I think you talk about them, too, in the book. Like, check out, you have all that candy there. All that candy. (laughs) It's so many temptations. I don't think that, yeah, and that doesn't, like, as the kids get older, that doesn't stop being a danger zone. You know, my kids are eight and four, and they're still like, Mom, can we get get this candy? Can we get this gum? Can we blah, blah, blah? And I'm just always like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, and same if you're at Target going by, be careful. There are ways around not going through the toy section or yep, don't you know, go through the toy section, yeah, look out for the dollar section. Exactly. <laughs> if you can avoid them. I know some people like the strategy. If you can't avoid them, um, at least showing interest in what they want without buying it. Oh, that does look really cool. We'll make yes, a little note or def- I'll take a picture of it for another time. But you definitely don't want to get into that habit of okay, fine, I'll throw it in the cart because exactly. each time it's going to become more and more difficult. Time. Yeah, I, I fell into that trap at Target with the dollar section. I started letting my kids, if they were good, they could pick something out at the end. And yeah, it was only a dollar, but every time they started expecting to get something, it's, that was definitely one of my big mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> one of my biggest tips, though, for mealtime, I told my cousin this the other day because she has a, she has a toddler, is it, the when they start to get a little bit bigger – the when you go to a restaurant, the waiters and waitresses will start giving you the option for a booster seat. 
Avoid the booster seat as long as possible because there's nothing keeping them in it. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh, this is going to be so great. They can sit in the booth with us or whatever. No, they're going to want to get out. Yep. <laughs> they're going to start climbing all over you. So keep them in that high chair for as long as you can. Yeah. And if you are at a restaurant, definitely what you mentioned when you're going out, snacks or a little something not that's not going to fill them up, but it's going to keep them busy and I always like to put their order in as soon as yes, possible. Yes, go knowing what you want. Just sit, when you, when they come by to take to bring you some water, tell them that you're ready to order. <laughs> yeah, and I think one other thing you talk about too is kind of that expectation of what's going to happen um, if you are there with a partner. Uh, you know, figuring out, okay, like we used to take turns, um, you know, tonight I was kind of the one on duty. So yes. you know, if he's having a hard time, I'm the one that's going to walk around the restaurant outside, yes, exactly. take them for exactly. three loops around to kind of get some of that energy out. And then the next time, you know, she would take that shift because, um, you know, I, I've seen it, it can get kind of contentious between partners when oh, you, know, yeah. you both have the idea. Hey, it's Friday it's night. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep, absolutely. And we would always try to go places too, where we knew that, um, where we knew that it was going to be loud. Yeah. So it wasn't like we had the only table of loud people. So it, it helps to know where you're going in advance. Yeah. I've been to places that were not loud. And even there were times my kids, I didn't even think were being particularly loud, but you're just not enjoying yourself because you're so self-conscious that oh, they're making gosh, too much yes, noise. Exactly. No one else seems to even be talking in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other situations uh, you talk about that people might not expect to be so stressful is relatives, um, whether they're coming to visit you or you're going to their house. Yes. Uh, could you talk about why that can be a little more stressful than people would think? Yeah. So if if you're going to, to stay at a relative's house or even to visit at a relative's house, um, you know, you don't think about how their house may not be prepped for your kid. So, you know, with our son, he was a, he's a bulldozer. He still is a bulldozer. And, you know, we'd walk into my to my great aunt's house and there's all these beautiful frames and breakable things. And it's just like, you know, so it's a uh, very stressful when you walk into somebody's on child proofed home. Um, so I would always try to, uh, right away, they would rather, you know, bring up to, to, uh, uh, my aunt, for example. And I would say, you know, I love all of this. But with, with James here, I, I would just like to uh, – maybe we can pull all this into the center yeah. of the table or out of his reach because I'd rather uh, inconvenience you now than ha- have him break something <laughs> later. And, you know, a lot of people are, are actually hesitant to ask if we can move stuff, which, you know, it's just so much easier yeah. to prevent the accident than apologize for it later. And then if parent, if, if some a relative is coming to your house – your kid um, can sometimes get a little too uh, obsessed, if you will, <laughs> and they suddenly want to show, you know, their their aunt that they haven't seen in forever every single thing in the house. Like, this is my room. This is my pillowcase. This is my Lego. This is my this. And so you have to kind of try to make sure that you're helping your kids uh, monitor their time and and uh, and appreciate their time as well. Right. Yeah, it can. I think that whole thing can be challenging too in terms of your time. Uh, and I know one challenge my oldest 
boy had an obsession with doors, which I didn't know was a thing, but I guess other oh, toddlers yes. can do this, and they just want to go in and out of doors, and it was really terrible. We like had to make all these stop signs we put in front of oh, different gosh. doors, which when you go visit yeah, people was... is a little funny. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, we we my my kids would be like, oh my gosh, they have stairs, and then they would just go up and down so many stairs yep. for hours and hours and exactly. hours. Exactly. So you're trying to monitor them. So like the whole time I'm like guarding the door, not really able to talk to people too. So you kind of feel bad. You haven't seen some people for a long time, but you know, you can't expect, you know, when you have a toddler and you're the one who's watching them, you know, they are going to need your attention. Um, and yeah. Some, and you might have some relatives who are good at watching. I've also had some that have volunteered. And the next thing I knew, there was a nice drawing on the couch. So you oh, know, God, be careful yes. who you're yes, selecting, right? Uh, you talk a little bit, uh, uh, you have a section on socialization. And today was our registration for our toddler room for all of our ah. preschool for next year. So many of these new, um, there have to be two by August 31st. So for a lot of these kids, it will be their first time in school. First time, sometimes socializing with, you know, at least more than one child. Yeah. Um, so any tips for these um, first time parents with two year olds to kind of get them socialized for school? Uh, yeah, you know, I think a lot of it, it is uh, kids really need to get that exposure to to other kids their own age who either either through friends of of your or, or children of your friends or younger siblings of maybe your older children's friends. Um, and so you have that opportunity, but, but if you don't have any of those kind of kids handy, then a lot of it is, is going to the park or, or indoor, indoor play places, anywhere where you can kind of meet kids and expose your kids to new situations and new children, learning how to listen to other adults, I would think, especially. Um, so with my, with my daughter, we, we put her in just little, little classes like a gymnastics class here and an art class there just so she could kind of learn how to not only listen to other adults, but also how to listen to other adults when there are other children yes. around, which was <laughs> the biggest obstacle. Um, my son had that problem, especially because he was so excited to be around kids his own age because my daughter always had her friends around that when he first started going to different classes and things like that, he just wanted to talk to the kids and he didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. He didn't want to listen to whatever that, that, that teacher was trying to get him to do. So I was really glad that we, that we had done some, you know, parent and, and child classes. So I was still there, but, and I could help sort of redirect him, but also teach him how to interact with these other kids, how to, cause I mean, you know, especially having, having the, the toddler room around, um, a lot of toddlers don't, even when they're very social, they don't really interact the way that you expect kids to right. interact. They sort of play around each other. And that's a weird thing because you think if you've never had a kid that age, you're like, why aren't they playing yeah. with each other? Why are they just next to each other? Yeah, I think that's uh, a really good point. Like, I think you want to have realistic expectations for them. I do get that a lot. Like, why isn't he playing with the other kids? Or Yeah. And a lot of them, if they haven't had as much experience around others or being away from you, you know, it, it does take time. It, you know, they don't come to school knowing how to follow the rules, knowing how not to 
cry when their mother leaves and um, you know, you do need to be a little bit patient with them, but doing those things you talked about, getting to classes, being around other kids, learning to wait your turn is, you know, absolutely. Especially learning to wait your turn. Yes. I think I say to my son every day, and we're going to, what are we going to be at school today? And he says, patient. Yeah, yeah those definitely. I'm still not time. convinced he knows what that means, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I really enjoyed a lot of the funny stories and anecdotes in your book. I think um, at any age, it's helpful to be able to laugh about what's going on. You know, both of us can laugh a lot easier now that we're through some of this stuff. But um, can you share maybe a funny story either from your children or something else in your book that maybe wasn't funny to you or that parent at the time, but looking back is um, quite comical. Yeah. I mean, my daughter had a really bad habit of saying very loudly, whatever came to her head. So, you know, she would, (laughs) she was that kid who would ask why somebody was wearing something or um, one time uh, we were absolutely mortified. We were at a, um, we were at a, um, a baptism and my daughter was newly potty trained <laughs> and we had taken her to the bathroom before. And then we, we were sitting there and then she just turns right in the middle of this very solemn prayer. She turns to my husband and she goes, daddy, I got a poop <laughs> just l- loud enough for the entire church. And they were probably baptizing, I don't know, 20 kids that day. So just probably hundreds of people everyone turns around looks at this little you know (laughs) this little girl who's gotta poop (laughs) and uh, you know we we i thought i thought that that my husband was going to just like melt into the (laughs) into the view um but you know that's that that's now i can laugh at it but at the time i just thought oh my god this is what they all told us was going to happen that they're just going embarrass us and <laughs> but the one thing that is you know I remember somebody came up to me afterwards and they and uh, just some you know some random grandma and said you know I that I know that you are probably so embarrassed but we all thought it was so we've all been there we all got a chuckle out of it and someday you'll get a chuckle out of it too and I remember thinking whatever lady this yep. is this is awful but she was right I do laugh about it now but man I really wanted to I did. I was not happy that day. Yeah. Yeah, And in the moment, that advice, you know, is not something that might seem helpful. But, you know, as as we do go through it, realizing that other people were all having similar type experiences. And, you know, the nice thing when your child does something like that when they're two years old, you know, people are going to laugh, think it's cute. If they're eight and nine doing that, not so cute. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, people, if your kid is, your kid will be forgiven for many, many, many things as if they're, as if they're an adorable little toddler doing it, (laughs) except for the whole screaming thing. But if they say funny things that would absolutely, like you said, not be funny if an eight or nine year old did it, they can get away with so much. (laughs) Yeah. Not that you want them to, but you just have to remember that as, as the, as the mortified parent. (laughs) Yes. So as a mortified parent, you're feeling really, it can be stressful. Um, what are some things that parents can do to not feel too overwhelmed when they have toddlers? Well, it's, it seems pretty cliche, but it's true that, um, that it, 
that it will get better. Every you, you can get through it. Just take everything day by day. I know that there were times where you know my my son really was your stereotypical like to the letter toddler. And I would be so overwhelmed because I'd be dealing with him and trying to do stuff for my daughter and trying to do my, I I work from home. So I was so constantly stressed and I absolutely hated it when people would say to me, you'll miss these days because no, I won't. And I, I don't, I don't miss those days, but I, I did like, I did appreciate it when, when somebody told me, you know, just take it day by day. And get through, don't think, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to do this every day for the next X amount of days or years or whatever? Just think I'm going to get through this today. And then tomorrow I'm going to get through this today and try not to get too bogged down in, in how many (laughs) days you might be doing these, you know, hard things. I mean, it is hard and thankless raising a child and a lot, so many people have done it that you don't maybe get the, um, I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use. You know, people won't necessarily uh, take pity on you when you're trying to juggle all these things because so many people have done it. But we've all been there and we we're all we all need to just be a little bit kinder to each other and more supportive and just remember that you will survive. <laughs> yes. No, it, it's so true. And like when you're in the middle of it, it, it does seem terrible. And then like I've done it three times and each time it's like, was the other one like this? And these kids are yeah. different. Um, you know, there will be common challenges. You might be like my first two, kind of like you were talking about. I think your first didn't get into all the cabinets. And, yeah. you know, my first one was a big rule follower. But each one will present you with different challenges. Some you'll be ready for. Some, yeah. you know, you'll figure out on the job. You can look at different, look at, you know, books like yours. Look at other yeah. types of parenting <laughs> book. Talk to older relatives, friends, and, um, yeah. you know, they are often there to give you great advice. Absolutely. Is there one piece of advice if you had a, someone's telling you, I have a toddler, what's one thing you would want to tell them? Find a tribe. And I say that, that word is a little overused and cheesy, but, um, you really, need a support group. And whether that is a support group who lives in your neighborhood or lives on your computer through mom groups and chats and things like that, you need to find your people who you can get honest advice from, who you can vent to without feeling judged and who you can just know who have either been through it already. Maybe they have some older kids or they're going through it with you. Um, it just, you really need to have those people who, who make you feel less alone. I know when my daughter was young, I didn't have a lot of, of friends in where I lived. I lived in, an, in a, in a, in downtown Los Angeles and there weren't a lot of young families where we lived. And it was hard for me to kind of get that feeling that I was doing the right thing. And, and, and I, I found that I, I found a really great support group of people who had uh, uh, kids around her age online. And some of those people have become some of my best friends. And it just, it, it makes such a difference when, when I would, you know, I'd say, I think I did everything wrong today and I'm scarred by child for life and she's going to hate me. And I'd have all these, fr- all these moms chiming in. No, I used to think that too. 
my kid is fine. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And even in, even the, even those little things like, um, you know, how often can I, can I alternate Tylenol and, and ibuprofen and just all those things you need to have, you need to have your parent group. You need to have your, your, your tribe, your support group. Yeah, absolutely. I think can't that, overstate it. Yeah. And some of those like stories that are terrible at the time when you're talking to your group about them, then they do can start becoming funny. You know, you'll never guess what, you know, Josie did last night at the park or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. They make you, they they can help you see the humor in the situation, help talk you down off the ledge, all of that. Yeah. I mean, friendships are, are so important in all aspects of life, but they are, incredibly important when you're parenting because it can be so isolating and, and let's be honest, we're not a particularly kind society when it Mm -hmm. comes to people doing things that maybe we don't, we don't agree with. And so you really have to find those people who are going to support you and love you no matter what, even if they don't agree with you, but they'll be nice about it. Yeah. And it can work both ways too. Like if you can get a night out with our kids you have babysitter yeah. people can watch that you know that. <laughs> that is great and so healthy for everybody you know you'll be a better parent for it oh, but yeah. <laughs> if you can't you know you can get together with other people it's good for your kids to have that practice interacting with other children and then you yeah. can with the other moms dads babysitters whoever you're interacting with yeah absolutely great and so um that brings us to the final segment of our show the show and tell portion um, during this, our guests will share either an, ex- an additional tip, recommendation, or piece of advice. So do you have a show and tell for us today, Heather? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to give my husband a little shout out here. He is the parents editor at BuzzFeed. And I think that that they that he and the and the uh, other parenting writers there do a really good job of of being both helpful with their different with the different posts they put up and also laughing at some of the more common parenting problems. So you can really find a good, a good support or just a good laugh when you go over there to uh, Buzzfeed parents. Excellent. No, that sounds great for parents to check out. Um, We'll link to um, the Buzzfeed parenting page as well as your book and other resources we talked about today in our podcast. Um, we really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, it brought back some good memories for me of when my kids <laughs> and maybe were, some not so good uh, ones. And some not so good, but now I can laugh more about them. And yeah, exactly. your book well, definitely thank you for having me. helps with the, Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. You find links to what we talked about today, including Heather and her husband Mike's book, The Toddler Survival Guide, Complete Protection from the Whiny Unfed, on our show notes page www.discoverychilddevelopmentcenter.com slash podcast. You can visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash preschool and beyond. We thank you all for listening today and we will see you again in two weeks. Hi, Mike here with a special programming announcement. I am pleased to announce that Preschool and Beyond is now part of the Parents on Demand Network. Network is dedicated to providing high-quality podcasts of interest to parents and families. Check out the entire listing of topics and podcasts at parentsondemand.com. And you can also find Parents on Demand in the App Store. So please check it out.